This week on the podcast, we're pulling a heist. Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. Welcome, everyone, once again to the Magnificently Huge Podcast. My name is Brian, and this week my friends Chris and Eric are going to join me to chat about a fun little hangout movie with George Clooney and Brad Pitt and pretty much everybody else in Hollywood circa 2002. It's Ocean's Eleven. Uh, This is one of those uh, early 20th century movies, 21st century, I guess. Anyway, one of those early century movies I just never got around to, and it was a good one to bring to the show and and we'll talk about it check the timestamps. uh also just be aware this this episode's getting a little spoilery so uh also check the timestamps for when we talk about loki season two or when we talk about the marvels because there's going to be a few minor spoilers nothing that really hasn't been put on the internet already but they're there anyway so if you're sensitive to that sort of thing you know you're on your own all right um as always we're trying to grow the show so if you want to Subscribe to the podcast, share any social media feeds with your friends, that would be great. Maybe write us a review on iTunes, and if you want to reach out to us, there's a lot of ways to do it. You can find our socials on maghuge.com, M-A-G-H-U-G-E.com, or just search for maghuge or magnificently huge on whatever it is you're using. We're probably there, or you can email us, uh, magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. All right, uh, let's get the team together and uh, get on with the shenanigans. Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast, the toughest job you'll never get paid for. I'm Eric. E. <laughs> I'm Chris. <laughs> I'm Chris. Hey, guys. It's, it, it's Brian. Hey, and this is Chris. Did I say that? I'm, I'm, this is Chris. Hey, Hi, Chris. let's do a heist. Let's do a heist, man. Let's do it. <laughs> you son of a bitch, <laughs> I'm in. Let's, let's pull a job. <laughs> I forgot. EO11. Nah. <laughs> Oh boy, Yo, lots to talk about today with yeah. with okay. with an amazing, fun little gem. Uh, a gem, is a gem, a gem. But, but just like we always okay. do with the podcast, we don't get to the actual topic right away. So we're just going to sit here and banter. If you want to find that, go check the show notes for for timestamps or or something. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like we're yeah, here for we're... anybody else. God, yeah. What uninteresting thing can we start off with today? Mm-hmm. Um, um, so. Uh, is the world still on fire? That's a rhetorical question, of course. Uh, uh anyone else? Fascism. Um, okay. No one. Am I right? Am I right? Fascism. Yeah, yeah. So, so the Republicans <laughs> look at Trump and they say the world's on fire, and no one can save me but you. Yeah. So it's it's awesome. It's it's strange it's, uh, what desire will make certain people do, but uh, all I can say is I'm I'm really gearing up for my uh my full year of existential dread started a few weeks ago in earnest <laughs> and uh really looking forward to the ramp up uh, over the next uh primary season i'm just really, it all really enjoying it still this. feels like high school when like we would be forced to go to pep rallies and assemblies and i would 
like have to ask the question does no one else see how stupid this is that we are doing this has nothing to do with what's going on yeah. here why are we doing well, this and the only now the this, whole world yeah. is being actively stupid and no one is it's it's like oh okay no i've always been smarter than absolutely everyone else that's all yeah well only now the uh the the main difference is that the uh the main candidate for the republicans has basically just told us that yeah fascism it's coming yeah don't worry we're gonna we're gonna lock everybody up and uh just take over everything it's gonna be yeah. great so yeah looking forward now to that it. they've started saying things like you know we have to do this because we can't win election we're not winning the the uh ideas <laughs> debate it's like if you're not winning yeah. the ideas debate that means you lose that means you cut it the fuck out why what no 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 that means no, you stop. no no yeah yeah anyway but welcome 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 to the world life is shit life is shit Uh, but I still say let's let's pull a heist. What do you say, fellas? We yeah. do our last job. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just want to do the fresh shit instead. This shit is fresh. Oh shit, that is fresh. This stuff is really fresh. So once again, we've had uh, some time off, and I didn't really do anything interesting. So I'm curious as to what you fellas have been up to. Oh, I oh wow. I. I I okay I got bored and so I uh I was poking around looking for a video game and just nothing nothing got my fancy so I I I did another trial of Game Pass um did not play Grand Theft Auto and instead started playing this thing Starfield which is the oh. new Bethesda game okay uh, how Beth did that go for you I'm curious about that one have you played it no, because I've never been a Bethesda person, but I know you have been. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, like the the long story short, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, Bethesda had Elder Scrolls, which was like a uh, sword and sorcery kind of game, and it had this very specific kind of mechanic where you walk around, you talk to people, things jump out of corners and attack you, and you chop them up. You skill up slowly. There's a lot of grinding to get your skills, you know, up to par. You solve mysteries, you have fetch quests. If you're into it, it's a lot of fun. I kind of am. And then they came out with uh, Fallout. And Fallout is the same thing, only in a nuclear winter kind of background. And Starfield is the same kind of thing, only now it's taking place in the galaxy. And rather than walking from town to town, you have a ship and you fly around from star system to star system. And you do the exact same stuff. You go on fetch quests, you mine, you grind, you shoot people. Yep. Uh, but the thing is, they've really elevated their their oeuvre. It is really fun. You know, it, it awesome. looks nice. That's one thing. It looks great. But it is sort of like every problem you have with uh, uh, Elder Scrolls or Fallout. Like I do where I'm like, wait a minute, I'm in Boston. And I just walked five minutes and I am all the way on the other side of Boston. I've lived in Boston. I know how big Boston <laughs> is. This is nuts. They at least now can pretend to have scale because you have to be in a spaceship to <laughs> fly all the way to go. the next star. Yeah, it's fun. Um, I've been cracking out hard on it. 
I've been, yeah, basically the word I've been hearing from the gaming press is this is either your thing or it isn't. Like, if you're down with the Bethesda thing, then Starfield is a big, huge, fun game. If you're not, you're not going to, like, be one over here, right? I think that's fair. Yeah. But they don't have a splatter caster, right? They Or do they? <laughs> uh, maybe not by name. I I mean, they have, like, a bunch of weapons and you... The, the funnest part of this game is it's full of, like, pirates and spacers, they call them, and all mm -hmm. of these, you know, people who are basically the same punks that are in fallout and you can just fly around system to system and kill them you know i love i love killing people a lot and so i just go around killing people and taking their shit and selling it and you know i don't i haven't really paid much attention to the actual story i'm just making myself rich and like building up my my level by mm -hmm. killing people and just i noticed grinding. Yeah, I noticed last night, like, they, they give the uh, NPCs little bits of dialogue while you're, you know, fighting them. <clears throat> you know, oh, now you're in for it, shit like that. And I heard one of them say stuff I have definitely heard NPCs stay in Fallout, like the exact same lines. <laughs> so I don't even think they're trying, really. Well, they're, they're going for volume in Starfield. Like, it's it's sort of like... You know, they say there's a thousand planets you can go to and then like mm. you can totally customize your ship and you can totally customize your star bases and you can totally customize the, your crew and you can customize friggin everything. So it doesn't surprise me if they're recycling some yeah. some raw material. <laughs> That's my one major complaint on this game, though, is that uh, the mechanics for things like updating your ship are so like like insane like uh, un I, I don't know what i'm doing at all i mean you need you need tutorials for so much stuff in this game mm. it's not fair they there is no ramp up there's apparently a mechanic for me to improve weapons no idea how to use it haven't used it once uh every time somebody tries to start a space battle with me i run like a pussy because i have no idea how to not die a lot so that's <laughs> that kind of sucks you know I, I I've been like the tutorials I have studied the hardest are how to run away, you know, <laughs> like a bitch. I mean, yeah, okay. <laughs> it's a I guess it's a strategy. I mean, yeah, uh, we've all done it in real life, haven't we? Oh, I I have nothing but respect for cowards. You know, cowardice should, is is really to be praised. You should name your ship the Brave Sir Robin. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, so it's fun no. and I I'm pretty sure once I know what the fuck I'm doing it might get funner. Nice. Yeah. Funner. Funner. Grammatically grammatically challenged today. Funner. Hey. Funner. Hey, 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 we live in a country where you're lucky I'm even wearing, you know, a mask during a plague. So funner <laughs> or, is the least of our problems. Or pants. Or pants. Let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so you pantsless. Is, is that your fresh ship for the week then, Starfield? That, that be it, sir. All right. Um, yeah. I'll I, I'll I go. I guess. Um, I'll I will do. Uh, I will do everybody the service of the of the MCU update. Uh, this week. Ooh, because God knows one of us needs to do it. I yep. I hear that uh thanos is winning now <laughs> clearly not because there's more characters than there's ever been 
Um, and Thanos, yeah. I think, would not approve. Yeah, but no. he snapped his fingers and half the audience disappeared. <laughs> the, ha, 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 now, now I get now I see what you're wait, putting down. Wait, I don't get it. What? That's, just, that's me pretending like I've never seen a Marvel movie ever. Anyway, um, we're going to start with Loki. Loki season two on Disney Plus. Oh, I keep forgetting that's on. Yeah. Like, so yeah, honestly, <laughs> um, Kihei Kwan has joined the cast as his the same character he plays in everything, but it's a good character because it's Kihei Kwan. Uh, like his short char- round, or yeah, more like more short data. round and data at, all rolled into one. And he is, his name is Ouroboros, and he's been the guy who basically writes the manual for the Time Variance Authority or whatever. So, <laughs> um. <laughs> I hear so, he's he's angling to get into one of the Star Wars movies so that he can get into the like the big three IPs. Finally. <laughs> so his name is Orboros. When I introduce him, is he literally like eating his own foot or something? Ridiculous. Uh, like, no. that would be awesome. No, but but <laughs> plot wise, the name sticks. Like as, okay. as the show goes on. So what we're doing in, in Loki this season is time travel. Uh a little bit of dimension hopping too so it is a it is a wild um you, you got to kind of keep up with it it's very timey-wimey um but Thanks, uh, doctor. <laughs> it's uh yeah I, I i think i i think it's okay everybody cool if i if i just play the spoiler bump here this shit is spoiled I think I already yeah. heard it, so I'm good. But yeah, if you're I mean, listening at home and you haven't watched it and you plan to, uh, we're about to ruin the image and the style that you're used to. That's yeah. right. No, Loki. So first of all, the bad guy is Miss Minutes, which is fun. Um, Jonathan Majors is here as one of the Kang variants or a few of the Kang variants, really. But but the actual bad guy is the cartoon uh, clock. Um and the other thing is that by the end of the series, and this is pretty much on the internet now, you can, it's it's not much of a spoiler, but they basically end Loki's arc. He finally gets his throne, and the throne he gets is he displaces he who remains at the end of time, sitting on a throne, literally himself holding all of the... Um, all of the different strands of all of the different timelines in his hands to keep them from disintegrating or whatever and it forms the image of uh yggdrasil the tree from norse mythology and he is now the god of stories or something like that but loki is basically the the biggest god holding together all of the different multiverses uh because if he doesn't it will all go to shit so he's stuck in the chair doing that um so they give Loki an actual arc and they end it and that's fine. Uh, um. uh, I don't know really your like description of this is like all I can think of is the uh, They Might Be Giant song. Uh, I hope I get old before I die. <laughs> like the chorus is just all it's in my head now. Listening Sometimes to you talk I about Tommy like Wimey and Yuki shit. And once in a while I feel like being dry. But we're doomed and we're drowned by this feeling we surround So I hope that I get old before I die Oh, it's a long, long rope that used to hang you soon I hope and I wonder why 
I don't know. I think of like when I was a kid, like this would have been so cool because I loved Doctor Who and all that. But the thing is, I, I feel like they've removed the geekiness from all of this. It's like as a kid, I couldn't be into this because it would be just so. Exactly. It'd be made for all the cheerleaders at school, not us geeks. Let me let me posit this to you, uh, because this with with all of the sort of fizzly Marvel content coming out on Disney Plus, plus the fizzly movies coming out in this weird phase five ish or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, it strikes me that the Incredibles got it so very right when they said if everyone is special, then no one is special. And so now I think that's yeah. where we are with the event horizon of superhero movies it's like they're just there's nothing special about any of them now and they're just sort of placeholders for whatever the next content thing is it, you know what it's I mean? that and it's also the the thing that i've always said about star wars which was that star wars was special because it kept going away mm -hmm. and you have yeah. to wait three years for the next thing marvel managed to figure out how to to keep people's interest ruling out two or three movies a year but ever since Endgame, with all of the Disney Plus content and the movies and the, it, the just sort of endless, just, you know, shit river of Marvel content <laughs> coming our way. And, you know, yeah. it's like worn out the audience and, and it's not special anymore and, and nobody has the energy to keep up, which is a shame because the Marvels is actually pretty good. I went and saw that. I mean, I just hate the fact that it's getting so much guff as the biggest failure. And it, of course, it had to happen with like a, a female led female. Yeah, why it's getting very, guff. very ethnic. And it's just like, of course, this is the one that's just going to fucking fail. So everybody can go, look, see, they don't want ethnic. They don't want female. Blah, blah, blah. And it's just this weird false corollary. It's like ugh. people are going yeah. to the Marvels because they're just tired. God damn it. <laughs> so there you go. I, I bet but you the lots of people watching on streaming. Go ahead. The idea that Probably. they're doing a female Ghostbusters take on this is such shit. <laughs> I mean, it's like something is bad because something is bad, you know? Yeah. I mean, or tired. There it's it's not because there's women. That's that's so just I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. There's I so mean, many inclusive yeah. things that do well because they're well written and well made. You know, everything everywhere all at once was not a plot by the trainees. It was actually a good film. This is not a bad one, though. Like, uh, it's just. I don't know, like people are celebrating that it's failing and it's like, yes, the Marvel people needed to sort of scale back their ambitions. If they could keep their budgets in check and their ambitions in check, they could be making money at a sort of a mid tier on this stuff forever, but they can't keep expecting every movie to rake in a billion dollars this is like the biggest flop in marvel history but it's also the highest grossing film directed by a black woman in history which well, <laughs> because it's I got mean, the marvel name on it though yeah yeah but um but no i mean all the reviews say the same thing and and mine is no different uh iman iman villani i don't know how to pronounce her name correctly but the woman who plays ms marvel um, from the TV show, yeah, mm -hmm. is the best. She's just the damn best, and she's—I mean, all we've all seen the show, right? We all watch the show yeah. for our uh, Phase Four, whatever dealio, yeah. And uh, I found it to be a very enjoyable program. So that's why when I see all these people just shitting all over the Marvels, I'm like, why, <laughs> why? 
but whatever. Yeah. So they they do they do play into her character pretty hard, and it's it's a lot of fun because she is legitimately fanboying over all of this uh, fangirling, whatever fanning over all of, standing all of this Marvel stuff, right? Her character <laughs> You'll is get there. You'll get and, there, and and she is. In fact, let let's hear it for her. Did you guys know they actually are letting her write the Miss Marvel comic? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, what the actress? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, because oh. she's such a fan and she enjoyed her time. So they said, sure, write a book. Okay, fun. I, I dig it. Yeah. And yeah. and uh, again, I'm going to give away one of the things at the end of the Marvels because it's it's inconsequential. But the the it's not even the post credit scene, but like the last scene, she is the one who's going to pull together the young Avengers. She's the one being Nick Fury going out to the yeah. other uh recently introduced heroes to try to stitch them together and they were doing that that's that's where we're headed kids literally kids that that in the uh the fantastic four news that's swirling is also uh giving gas to more mcu blah 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 down the line oh yeah and again spoilers i guess but um it's all over the internet uh, the real post credit scene is that in, in one of the alternate universes uh, exists the X-Men, you know, so X-Men are coming or whatever. But like again, we haven't known again. That. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> X-Men going to come for you. Going to come for you. X-Men going to come for you. It's like, yeah, they weren't satisfied with the way Spider-Man had been going outside the MCU. So they brought him in, made made one or two good movies. Uh, All I, I know like is going to do that the rest yeah fantastic four is next these movies only work when you've got somebody you know i don't know maybe somebody somebody making it but let's say a writer and a director and a producer who have an original take who can do something that doesn't look like another marvel movie you've seen before that's that's the only that's the only debate it's like when there's somebody who's actually got an interesting something then i love it but dude how often does that why do you why do you want to make the marketing departments work so hard? Can you just let them fall back on their loyal laurels and yeah. just promote an IP that everybody knows and they don't have to do dick, but just put the name out there? Yeah, you, you know, you that, that marketing so department, you, you make a good point. They they really did uh, uh, some good work making Guardians of the Galaxy a thing, <laughs> didn't they? Because before that came out, I was like, oh, they're fucked. There's nobody who's going to line up for that. And it became one of yeah. their best things. Well, actually good. So I, I would say that there are two ways that these things work. One is what you said, which is like, let somebody have a vision like James Gunn did for the Guardians. But the thing that the Marvel movies really have always been is that they are about characters before they're about story, like the plots, the villains, the actual like events of each movie are generic and disposable. And there's always a sky beam. And yeah, there's a fucking blue sky beam in the Marvel's because you know um but that's (laughs) not important it's about whether you're having fun following these characters around i think the problem they've got is that the characters people wanted to follow around were thor and the hulk and iron man and captain america and now we're kind of done with those characters and so it's like are there any other characters people are invested in and the answer is well it ain't ant-man um no yeah (laughs) you know sorry and oh, it isn't well. Captain Marvel. I mean, Brie Larson does a great job with what she's given, but I don't care about the character because she's so unrelatable 
being godlike, you know, super powered. I'm much more invested in Ms. Marvel. I mean, I know Brie Larson catches a lot of guff, but I think it's for the wrong reasons. When I watch her in these movies, she always seems like she's just uh, detached from what is going on. She just never seems like she's interested in the Mm -hmm. proceedings. And that just works against me having any sort of uh, positivity about her portrayal of Captain Marvel. I just don't care. She's just a a blank canvas as far as I'm concerned. I just don't care. It's my my least favorite. I think it was on Kotaku, maybe it was on Polygon, but there was an article that had the thesis that Captain Marvel should have been the MCU's first full-on jock. Like, mm-hmm. that, that she, <laughs> you know, is this military pilot and all of this stuff, but they they make her quippy like everybody else because they're trying to weedonize everything. And, like, she should have just been that. She should have just been the military jock character with all the power and and mm-hmm. let it run and yeah, I could oh, see well. that. It's I, a take. I I was oh. and I was a, a a Captain Marvel fan from like years back. I liked her. She was she was cool because she was in charge. She, it made sense that she was the leader of the Avengers after mm-hmm. Captain America. And, and yeah, they just don't know. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> maybe it I doesn't mean, matter. I think, I think Kevin Feige just needs to maybe step back and let somebody else try it for a bit. I think he's just tired because it's literally like he's had a hand in every single one of these things. And then when they started exploding into the TV shows, I mean, he suddenly had like went from one or two movies a year to like, you know, two movies plus three TV shows plus this plus that. I think he's just tired and you can tell we're all tired. And and they did give everybody that off ramp, right? Like end game was kind of like, okay, you know what? We've had a good run. Let's chill. But that's just it. I think they could milk this at sort of a BC tier forever if they could just, you know, knock their budgets down. This movie is right. 90 minutes long. That's great. Do that, you know, but don't yeah, spend $200 million dollars on it. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that's that was kind of the idea behind having all the TV shows, wasn't it? That you could, you know, slow down the pace of having to. I don't know. E- each one of these Marvel movies is is okay. There's there's the idea of the spaceships that would run on nuclear weapons that you set off a bomb behind you and it pushes you forward. This is an idea they had on how that we could travel into interstellar space. You keep blowing up bombs behind you, so each bomb has to be like huge. Each each explosion mm-hmm. has to be really a huge force to be reckoned with. But it's like if one of these films fails, then the whole story arc falls apart. I think the TV shows were so that they could do that, but take some of the pressure off. Problem is, nobody watches these goddamn TV shows. Not as many. Yeah, well, I have whatever. I haven't watched one since I don't know though. I think I think I think the 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 one with the bow and arrow guy. That's the last one I watched. <laughs> I think bow and arrow guy. The last if they'd one called I watched. It bow and arrow guy. I would have loved it. <laughs> exactly. Green Arrow, yeah, see, Green Lantern. Yeah, I did see She-Hulk. What's the? I didn't think it was bad. I just thought it was trying very hard to be Deadpool. She-Hulk, where the bad guys are the audience for the Marvels. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's about right. <laughs> anyway, the Marvels right. is actually pretty good. Uh, check it out. You know, in the theater or in streaming or whatever. You, it, it, it's still fun. It's still fun. Just don't expect it to like change your life or change cinema. Like we're we're past that. So, yeah. well past, well past. 
Just make me All think. Right. I did like the Eternals, even though that was that that was considered oh, the big bomb before that. Did I like the Eternals? I liked it. I don't care. Oh, it's fuck terrible. you. It's I liked it. It's no, fun. fuck you. No, fuck, fuck you. No, fuck, <laughs> fuck you. you. No, fuck you. <laughs> I won't wear wear a mask. I won't wear a mask. Okay. I like uh, the yeah. Eternals. Mm. Okay. Whatever. All right. Yeah. So, Chris, uh, you you're gonna abstain this week? Are we? Is that fresh yet? Oh no, I got one for you. Uh, All right. Speaking of uh, just expressing myself with stellar taste in movies, uh, a little secret that I have—I don't think I've ever told any of of you. Uh, the only Steven Seagal movie I ever saw in, oh, com- in its completion was Under Siege in the yep. theater. I had never seen any of his other movies. I managed to go like decades. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some reason, I just got a, a wild hair up my ass and thought, well, I need to rectify this for whatever reason, maybe just to complete the, the bucket list. Dude, oh, so I found, Let's hear it. So I, so I, I found they're, they're on uh, Tubi, which is uh, an app on Roku that shows movies that have commercials that you shouldn't watch. Uh, Keep going. Uh, but it's, yeah, but it's like, it's just like, like, I mean, there's a few good ones in there, but a lot of it's just dreck. Uh, <laughs> and, and so I, I went back and revisited what I like to refer to as the uh, uh, Steven Seagal's prepositional phrase years, mm-hmm. because uh, up through. Oh, uh, no, there's going to be more than one of these isn't above there? the law and through the woods <laughs> to grandmother's house. We go yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like his like his fir- like his first seven years of movie making from 88 to 95. Every single movie had a preposition in it. So it was above the law, hard to kill, mark for death, out for justice, under siege, on deadly ground, under siege two, and then he went to do a executive decision, and then his career kind of just dropped if into straight to video. I would have loved it if they'd make one, just the last one called "What's a preposition?" Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but it was just funny because by the time he got to on deadly ground in '94 with Michael Caine, uh, I thought we would just sit around and just bash on the bullshit <laughs> like every single movie requires a prepositional phrase and it was always the funniest thing How, uh, which, which movie or movies did you actually watch here because like all of them uh i i watched above the law his first his first foray uh okay and then i and then i watched mark for death a while ago the one where he goes up against the jamaican uh gangs that was the same 1990 that was the same year he did hard to kill where he was the federal agent or whatever cop that gets shot, put into a coma, and his family gets killed, and then he wakes up in the coma and goes on a murderous rampage. So okay. basically, it's like uh, Kill Bill, but with Steven Seagal. That one I saw in the theater, not because I paid for it, but because I was working at a movie theater, and on Thursday nights, we would get a free movie because they would preview yeah. the print. <laughs> and so I saw yeah. that one technically in a theater, and I just remember laughing out loud until I right? nearly passed out at the idea that he gets out of a coma, and he escapes the hitmen who come to kill him by pushing himself yeah. along the uh, hallway with a broom uh-huh. Uh-huh. and like getting into an elevator and pressing a button to go to another floor and all the killers go, damn yeah. it. He foiled us again to the stairs. And they yeah. try and yeah, Silly. Oh, they're, they're fucking terrible. But I, I just want to end this on out for justice His 1991 Magnum Opus. This is literally like every Steven Seagal movie in one go. Uh, Cause it's him is like the cop fighting the gangs. Uh, there's like a, William Forsyth is the baddie. He's like a crack addict who just basically goes around killing everybody. 
and there's like gang ties and he's like a Seagal's like a divorced father with an estranged family and he gets you know like visitation rights and this and that so he's an upstanding guy but he's just trying to work it out with the, the wife uh and the entire movie is just him walking around going anybody you see richie you seen richie hey you see richie that's like literally the entire movie like walks into a bar starts screaming anybody seen richie they start a fight and then he's like beating them with like cue balls and pool sticks and doing whatever that twice do, in the preview like, yeah <laughs> it's so fucking ridiculous but what kills me is that his name in that one uh is gino felino it's like that's the name they came up with for steven seagal in this movie and it's just like what in the fuck is going gino on felino. it's like gino felino anybody you see richie hey you see richie you know so and it's just in it and every single movie is like him goes into a place where there's a lot of bad guys around and he just starts talking a lot of smack until one of them decides that they're going to take him on and then he just like beats the living shit out of that guy with like that weird hand move thing that he always does it's like i don't understand how steven seagal has a career because he's got nothing at least van damme is you know got the kicks and he's agile uh etc etc but seagal is literally he's just a big giant dude with a ponytail who just knows how to like throw people it's just so stupid he's not he's he's just not serious at all Man. i can't take it seriously it's so dumb but so oh. you you actually like sat through three of these things uh <laughs> let's see yeah i think it's safe to say that i hate watch them i think is the phrase but uh but yeah above the law hard to kill mark for death out for justice uh, are the ones that i've seen recently uh i haven't pulled the trigger on, on deadly ground because i he directed that one too i, I, I mean and it's move just, on uh, move on yeah. to like the the ones in the last few years where he's like a great big fat hippopotamus and he's like he won't he won't get up from a sitting position to have a fight scene yeah he's like basically I mean, uh, how about if i just like sit here on this bar stool and fight these guys yeah well because it's like every everything he does it's literally him just like staring with that weird squint and like <laughs> mumbling through his dialogue uh and then like punching somebody i mean it's like that's it it's literally every movie is just about how we can get him from this expo exposition scene into a confined space with a bunch of bad guys with knives and swords and guns and whatever so that he can just beat them to death with a bat or whatever i mean that's like with but the it's, foot rest it's of not, his autumn of his like lazy boy yeah, <laughs> yeah but it's not like it's entertaining or done well i mean it's not like john wick where it's actually fun and interesting to watch and they've actually taken care i mean it's like the staging is just fucking dumb and you can tell that he just bowled his way in and just took control and said this is my movie i'm the star we're gonna do it this way and they're like okay whatever because they're just so stiff <laughs> but out for justice is just it's it's an unintentional action comedy because yeah. it is just so dumb you know there are plenty of decaffeinated brands on the market that are just as tasty as the real thing like you, you could <laughs> you could watch other movies yeah i get I mean, it i you, could you want garbage yeah. just playing while you're doing other stuff right i mean you're not yeah. like sitting down and watching this right you're it's yeah, yeah. just on yeah it's literally like yeah i'll i'll eat a gummy uh <laughs> after dinner 
And then as soon as the buzz kicks in, I'm like, well, fuck it. I'll just watch this. And then I literally just space out for 90 minutes while he screams, has anybody here seen Richie? Have you seen Richie? And then a fight and then something blows up. And then, you know, (laughs) it's just, it's literally like team America, but only if every puppet was steven seagal it's just hilarious yeah no i i i can't i draw the line somewhere before steven seagal (laughs) dude i went like i said i went like 30 some odd years uh without seeing anything but under siege uh (laughs) that moment of weakness suddenly this is why drugs I mean, are bad. Don't eat the gummies, I, kids. You're going to end up I, watching Steven Seagal if, movies. Yeah, yeah. If we were big enough that we had a podcast network, I would totally lobby for Chris to have a podcast called Film Fetish, where it's like basically <laughs> weird things I'm really into in movies that are just kind of dumb bad, you know? Because yeah. <laughs> I I totally get what you're saying about, you know, like, it's it's of course it's shit. It's absolutely shit. I marvel <laughs> oh, yeah. at the shitness. You know? <laughs> But I mean that. But the early '90s was like there was a whole bunch of stuff that came out like this with all of those second tier action stars, uh, and they're all better than anything Steven Seagal did. And that's what I don't get is how he became such a huge star for for that brief period, uh, and then VHS. There were not enough Stallone or Schwarzenegger movies that week, and so they were like, "Let's just get somebody in there," and he was I able mean, to yeah. churn. Yeah, Steven Seagal well, I mean, like, in Avoid the Tax Collector. Um, yeah, but it was just like you know, I I watched way more like uh, Jeff Speakman movies in the day than I did Steven Seagal. <laughs> I mean, I just it's like I just he was always a a blind spot for me. Uh, but having watched his early Oove, it's like literally interchangeable uh, story title characters whatever it was always just it's like one just giant long movie that lasts seven eight hours uh with a preposition they're they're so interchangeable now that if you actually google the movies they've they've not even showing the the hard to kill poster in its original form with kelly lebrock on it it's it's exact same (laughs) shot as above the law above the law and hard to kill have the same picture now um yeah yeah god okay it's 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 I've, good times. I, so, I respect so yeah. your commitment, sir. Uh it's honestly just it's peak on we. That's all I can really explain it. it. There was no rhyme or reason other than I was just so bored and I was so tired of the same shit showing up on my other stre- streaming platforms. <laughs> that I'm oh, like, okay, fine, the algorithm's whatever. gonna gonna provide for you now, buddy. You, you. Uh, <laughs> I guess <laughs> maybe if I'm lucky. Ah, uh, so there you go. Oh boy. <laughs> Oof. Oof. All right. Well, shall we? Let's do it. Do we? All I right. think we need eleven. You think we need eleven? Eleven. We need one more, right? Eleven. Eleven. I'm saying eleven. How many time zones are in the Soviet <laughs> Union? <laughs> exactly. Eleven. Not even funny. Uh, so nobody knows what we're why? talking about anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so why why did you uh want to do this one, Brian? Was it just another case of I need to pick a movie and what the hell? Let's it's, just do this. It's yet another um movie from like the the early two thousands in this case that I had not yet seen. 
And really? Yeah. So apparently I just stopped watching movies while I was raising kids and I missed like this whole chunk of time. So it was, yeah, it was really just low hanging fruit for me. Like I'm going to watch this anyway. Uh, well, that's a podcast, you know, it's, that's funny that you mentioned low hanging fruit. Have you ever seen the original with the rat pack? I have not, but Sinatra I'm really and, hoping you're going to contribute to this. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you can't do, uh, a discussion about oceans 11 without bringing up the actual oceans 11. You just, it's hard. So I, I own the DVD for the original. I do not own the DVD for the Soderbergh. So I had to like scramble to find that one online. Yeah. So that's I, where I, I that original is, is weird because the, the heist is not that complicated. It all rests on how much you want to watch the Rat Pack guys hang out. Well, and then they give them yeah. like a very simple robbery. Well, just, just for some, some background for those that are, are not aware. Uh, so the original Ocean's Eleven was 1960, uh, and it's Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., uh, who else is that? Peter Lawford, Joey Bishop, Henry Silva, uh, Norman Fell, Mr. Uh, Roper shows up, Cesar Romero's in it, Angie Dickinson, uh, I think at one point, uh, they just like Shirley MacLaine shows up in a cameo mm -hmm. at, and it literally is just, they were doing their shows in Vegas and just needed an excuse, uh, to make a movie. And so they said, let's just do this. And so literally while they're filming, they all did those in a shit ton of and were on stage and and then oh. during the day they would like shoot for a couple hours and make this stupid movie <laughs> it was literally like uh like cannonball run basically is what oceans 11 is uh but like you said the heist is so simple it's literally like they're they're gonna rob three casinos on new year's eve they're gonna cut the power before they cut the power they've got inside guys who do like this uh luminescent paint that shows up under special glasses so they can know where to, the cages are uh, they steal the money. One of their guys ends up dropping dead after the fact. Then they decide to hide all the money in his coffin, and then he ends up getting cremated. And then that's the end of the movie. Bump, bump, bump. So <laughs> it it hits all of the the standard heist movie tropes. Plus, you get Sammy Davis Jr. singing "Eo Eleven, Eo Eleven," like through the entire thing, and then they cut to Dean Martin, and he keeps singing "Ain't That a Kick in the Head." That's the whole movie. It's so dumb. It is so vacant. It is so vapid. It is so empty, and yet it's a classic. So when I hear Steven Soderbergh's going to do a remake, I'm intrigued because it can only get better. <laughs> the source material as far but as I'm what concerned. have we got we've got a hangout movie right like this yeah, is basically yeah. just let's see how many big name celebrities we can get to just kind of be together and bounce off each other and be charming like it it really yeah. isn't trying to be anything other than that and no. it it works <laughs> it works it's yeah i mean i i saw it in the theater I've seen it many times since, and it's effervescent fun. Uh, yeah. I like Logan Lucky more if I'm being completely 100% honest as far as Soderbergh heist movies. Even Out of Sight is a better movie than Ocean's Eleven, but this as just a straight up uh, 
cultural entertainment extravaganza, it hits on every cylinder and it's just yeah. fun. Well, I mean, so they basically got a whole bunch of big name talent to to come in for way under the normal rate. Uh, you know, for yeah. a piece of the back end. So you get George Clooney. This is 2001. First of all, 22 years ago. Fuck me. Yeah. 20 And it still holds up. Years. It doesn't I can't look dated. How long it's been? George Clooney, yeah. Brad Pitt, Julia Roberts, Matt Damon, Bernie Mac, Matt Damon, Elliot yeah. Gould, um, Don got, Cheadle. Yeah, Don Cheadle. You got um, 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 Bernie Mac. Who's uh, Meathead's dad? Ah, shit. Carl Reiner. Yeah. Oh, Carl um, Reiner. Yeah. Uh, Casey Affleck. Casey Scott Affleck, Con. and yeah. And then the the Chinese guy who nobody knows. <laughs> and then Andy Andy Garcia as and the Andy big Garcia. Guy. Yeah, I mean, it's so. just this huge, huge stacked cast, and you don't you don't see movie stars at this at this level anymore, right? Like this is this is just one of those movies where it's like, come see all all the gorgeous people being cool and. They all get their moments, and yeah, yeah. I mean, the the heist is almost a fait accompli, right? Like, the, there's very little. Again, another heist movie from Soderbergh where the heist doesn't really go wrong. <laughs> the impressive uh, thing about this until, movie is that very, everybody yeah. gets their moment. It's like yeah. everyone is interesting. You, you can't say they're well thought out characters, but they are. They're fun, you know. Like, I I, I like the way you put it. They have their moment. You get yeah. every one of those actors. You can think of oh, that one scene they had where they were really cool. That was fun. And I mean, if if I can be real for just a moment, I love Brad Pitt in this. This is oh yeah. I I think apart from maybe Snatch, uh, this is my favorite Brad Pitt role because he made the weird decision to be eating in every <laughs> fucking yeah. scene he's right? in, and it's. So funny and it's like crap food too like nachos and hot dogs and whatever and it's just this so but they don't ever explain it it's just every time they cut to him he's eating before something and it's just this weird character affectation i'm like that's so accurately but it doesn't get in the way it's just sort of there and then it becomes a running joke so it's it's fun uh but clooney comes in and he's you know the suave leader and he gets the he gets the gang together and they pull a, a job uh and then the whole movie is just literally about the build-up to the actual completion of the job it's a total heist movie from start to finish they hit every beat and it's still slick it's fun i, think I don't know how to explain it's it. the height it's the height of george clooney's clooniness that like yeah. the whole thing rests on personalities his in particular and you can see why he's not really in movies anymore because I don't think I could take that much more smarm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it works in this case. And I love that. Oh, they yeah, do the, it uh, works. It totally works. Yeah. But it's like after a while you go, oh, God, stop it. <laughs> well, I mean, even when you get to they like two more of these dumbass yeah. movies. and <laughs> Yeah. When you get to Ocean's 12 and then Ocean's 13, it's just like, come on. Do we need this? The only funny part in Ocean's 12 is when they're all sitting around talking about getting sucked into doing another job and then they all start complaining about how everybody calls them oceans 11 and they're like we didn't why are oceans 11 that's just demeaning that's insulting and it's like a whole scene about them complaining <laughs> yeah. about why they're called oceans 11 uh but which is this like one, most all, of that movie yeah. improv you know 
It's like yeah. somebody made that shit up and said, oh, we got to keep that in too. And uh, uh, Soderbergh is a documentary filmmaker, so he was fine with just like walking around with a camera watching them say junk. But it's like, unlike the Ocean's Eleven, Ocean's Twelve is is horribly flabby. It's not tight. It doesn't yeah. make sense. It's it's yeah. it's a bore. Um, yeah, that's maybe my my big compliment for Ocean's Eleven is just how how fun it is without ever sort of doing anything unnecessary. I mean, mm. it's definitely effervescent, you know, and Brian, I mean, I'm interested in Brian's take on the watch because he'd never seen it before. Like, did you, did you get bored at all through any of it? Did you get no, no, sort of I restless? Mean, okay. No, it's just, um, yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's inconsequential. Like I say, right. It's, it's, it's it, it's just a movie for for the sake of being a movie it's it's yeah but you could do a lot worse right like this is this is well made it's charismatic as all get out um right. i think the only thing i was expecting that i didn't get was a little bit more tension like in a heist movie i really want that ticking clock i really want to watch the thing you know, playing out and I really want to watch it go to shit and have them watch the panic as they as they readjust to things going to shit, you know, and this one was just a little it, it, the movie itself was like Clooney's character, right? The movie's just like, nah, man, we got all this. We're, we're good. We yeah. just, you know, at no point was it just lacked tension or or something. And mm. That's okay. I mean, because again, it's just about watching these awesome, beautiful people be awesome and beautiful for a couple hours. Yeah, yeah, cool. Well, <laughs> well, I watch it, and I'm I'm always impressed with the way a Soderbergh movie looks. He's just got this very unique uh, style that, like Eric said, he's like documentary, but not quite documentary. But it has a a, a weird intimacy about it. But I remember watching this in the theater and there's the scene uh, where they're blown up the casino and as Andy Garcia is there uh, as Terry Benedict, like the big mogul who's going to build a new thing. And then Carl Reiner, who basically had his casino blocked by Terry Benedict. And that's why he's pissy and funding this whole thing. And it's and it's a whole deal where Clooney's in the audience uh watching this stage presentation and you see that in the back the hotels in the background and then the thing explodes and the whole crowd of people all turn to look at it except Clooney's is looking straight ahead at the stage to gauge you know benedict and this and that and then he intercuts that with don Cheadle creating his explosions and he's looking at the whole thing on tv so it's like there's this weird like donut hole inside the donut hole donut hole mm. kind of thing and it's just it's very uh i don't know insider baseball filmy and that shot was be yeah. so cool yeah because it's like hundreds of heads turning around to look behind them and george clooney right. facing front at the camera but also uh, uh uh matt damon was tasked with following danny ocean to see what he was up to by someone else mm -hmm. in the crew and so you see his head not turn all the way in the background too it's yeah. it's such a mind fuck that one moment and i love that he plans <laughs> out things to look at in this movie yeah if you look actually throughout the film it's it's done in like a a, a grid pattern there's like nine major 
sort of vet, you know, like sections of the screen that he uses to highlight stuff. It's right. it's almost like a comic book panel. How how dedicated he is to those nine panels. And I caught I mean, it like at the third or fourth viewing, and I was like, "This fucker's crazy." Yeah, it's it's <laughs> a very slick movie, and it's just, but it's it's uh, deceptively slick because it's got all the bells and whistles of like an early aughts sort of uh, studio comedy, whatever. And it, you know, it's it's very stylish, uh, but when you start picking it apart, scene by scene, uh, it's just really cool to me the way they set it up because it's like it's a typical heist movie but they did just enough differently to kind of mix it up because you look at this versus maybe italian job that remake that came out a few years later that's a really flat movie and that's just literally like ticking off the box we got to do this to get to this to get to this whereas this one it made it feel like very seamless it's like here's the plan okay now we have to rejigger the plan in the middle because of something else that came up and now we got to do this and you get strung along uh just like anybody else would, would with a redirect so by the time you get to the end where they're doing the SWAT team impersonation to get into the vault to steal all the stuff uh you kind of knew it was going to happen but you didn't so when you see it you're like oh okay i get it now la 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 so i think just... it's worth pointing out though like just uh uh that this this movie probably would have been regarded as just sort of mindless fluff, but for the uh, uh, property devaluation in Manhattan that happened three months earlier, you know, like mm -hmm. everyone was so fucked up by 9-11. I think we wanted something this like, like, you know, just, I don't know, marshmallowy. Something, something goes down easy. Like, please don't challenge me. Yes. Please. Yeah. I've, yes I've, exactly. <laughs> that's pretty and much that's how exactly I've been feeling this is. the yeah. last like five years six years <laughs> been like can can you guys just like not because i'm i'm over i'm i'm overloaded here like just yeah. just yeah <laughs> yeah we have a well, 9 11 I mean, every week with that that you know orange 45 jesus yeah. fucking christ yeah. yeah but but as far as this goes i mean the cast is perfect i mean they just they they let him do enough ad-libbing to make it their own and so like the interaction between casey affleck and scott Cohn is the two brothers from utah who do all the <laughs> like the remote control vehicles and shit and they're always just arguing from stop like new like dawn to dusk it's like that's their dynamic and it's it should be irritating <laughs> but then they put it to good use and they put it like they put the balloons up on the cameras and they start arguing so that someone can sneak into the back and yada 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 and it's and it's so you start seeing all of the different elements and that's what goes to the early part when they're in the planning stages and brad pitt starts rattling off all these just ridiculous names we need like a two elephants gerald's and a blah 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 and a dicky dock and a boop, boop boop and then it just like makes no sense there's nothing where you go oh i know exactly what that is and so like you start seeing this just half-assed plan start to coalesce and then they pull it off it's just i mean it's a heist movie there's no so no doubt you those know? two characters the twins were originally supposed to be um the evans uh like uh no what shit I, owens I, owens yeah luke owens yeah. and uh that wouldn't have worked that would have been done owen wilson owen and, wilson that's it the wilson brothers whatever yeah i 
can't do it right. Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson. Wilson. Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah, the guy from Idiocracy <laughs> and the guy from well, I mean, yeah. Anyway, they well, both they, got taken out by Wes Anderson because they had to make a, some Wes Anderson movie, and then they tried to cast Joel and Ethan Cohen in the role. Those roles that would have been, <laughs> that would have been a little too weird, I think. But I would have I would have enjoyed yeah, yeah. that. I think. I, I but then again, having not seen that, I don't know. Maybe I would have thought that was too much. But just just let that roll around on your tongue for a second. You don't actually know what they're like in a movie. It could be cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you never know, but, uh, but yeah, just the, just the general, uh, deal, Matt Damon's the pickpocket, but he's also sort of the, the fresh faced, uh, protege. So they keep just dumping all the shit jobs on him (laughs) and he gets really irritated. Matt Damon is Linus and he just wants to be a part of the big, and then by the actually part of the deal, you know, laser ridden you know elevator shaft or whatever it's so it's just like all these little weird like strands just all over the place uh it's just to me it's impressive when somebody like Soderbergh can take that grand tapestry and just sort of tie it along it's like see you thought this was just gonna be hanging here nope it's tied in it's over here see this strand over here nope it's tied in uh but then you get to like 12 and 13 yeah (laughs) you get to 12 and 13 you're like man they should have just stopped yeah they should well they had like yeah cute fun things in 11 turn into character development over the course of three films like linus (laughs) and his like his criminal parents i i i just liked i liked knowing that he had a chip on his shoulder you know but leaving it at that yeah i don't need to know all this junk yeah my only real complaint is uh the decision to let Don Cheadle do some sort of weird Cockney accent. Yeah, that was quite Cockney. That was weird. It's just, it was not believable. And so I thought they should have left that one alone, but you know, it is what it is, whatever. Uh, but then you get Bernie Mac who <laughs> I miss him so much. Cause he was just always just <laughs> like, like, did, did, like you could push into a certain point, but it's like, if you pushed any further, you, he, he would fuck you up. I mean, that's always he had a vibe. wild intensity. Yeah. Yeah. And so that whole scene where he's buying the vans <laughs> from the car dealer <laughs> and then he starts like shaking his hand, but like the death grip and then starts talking about lotion and yeah. moisturizing hands so soft. And, yeah and the guy just doesn't know what the fuck to do <laughs> it's such a fun scene to watch because it's like i'll tell i'll give you i'll tell you what you can have him for 16 a piece you sure you sure now you do that for me <laughs> it's, so, <laughs> it's so funny uh so it's got mo- there's like lots of moments in this movie but it just sort of all coalesces somehow but, so the whole uh, thing is is kind of like this podcast It's it's got its moments it's full of you know really attractive awesome people to hang out with it's a hangout it's well written it's really well written and i like the way it's shot yeah just like this podcast yes yes yeah i i like that none of us have brought up julia roberts at all during this entire thing well same way you don't bring up angie dickinson when you talk about the original she's the you know she's she's in the original for like five minutes and her whole role is just to be but she's got the (laughs) life yeah it's so dumb whereas this one they try to do like the whole like relationship thing with yeah. her and Clooney being estranged and it's, she's dating the bad guy and she's yeah. the reason he's doing this or is she I mean it's just it's come dumb on. it's dumb because we compare it to the Julia Roberts placement in this film you know I mean 
but yeah, Angie Dickinson, it was just because I don't know, Frank was doing her at that moment and decided to put him into yeah. his hangout film. But yeah, la, I kind la. of liked that the center for this film is Danny Ocean trying to get his ex-wife back through like a you know, it's like this is full of twists and constantly realize yeah. yeah and you realize even even this part you know like like the whole thing itself is a con because we're not really in it for the money we're in it for him to get his wife back i yeah. like that i think that's cool i love the ending <laughs> when, the, when yeah. they show up at the prison that's yeah well so like, yeah the, that's kinda, how this had to end she's the yeah. only character that like gets under his skin and like breaks his his facade right like she's got his number uh, at all times in in their yeah. scenes together and and that's what you know i think makes her work um well i mean, no, it's, I, mean I mean it's 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 a nice fun frothy ending i like the fact that once they do the job uh then they all go hang out at the fountains at the I the Bellagio, the, right now. the yeah. Bellagio fountains, and they're playing Claire de Lune uh, in the background, and it just fits. It's just that right there. I mean, it's that, it's mm, it, mm, that yeah. scene. That scene is why I'm pissed. They made a sequel. That moment made you sad that we're never going to see these people again. They're right? never going to have they, this moment again. This is the height of their lives. Yeah. Nope, we're going to yeah. do it two more fucking times. Well, I mean, you get like that great piano from Claire de Lune and they all sort of just peel off one by one with these smug looks on their faces like, ah, we did it. Ah. And then cut to the very end when Clooney's getting back out of prison uh, and they're picking him up. And then the gangsters hired by <laughs> uh, Andy Garcia are going to tail them in the car. And then that's the end of the movie. So it's it's like something's coming, but not quite the end yeah so yeah as i was saying if you want to hang out with a, a incredibly fun attractive people wrap subscribe up, to the podcast subscribe to the podcast up, and hang out with us all right yeah share it on social media feeds with your friends and then they can hang out with you and us yeah. here on the magnificent huge podcast and then we can communicate go to our website maghuge.com m-a-g-h-u-g-e.com you'll find links to all our socials and then you can find other ways to hang out with awesome attractive people like us yeah on hey, here there's uh, a women's prison down the street <laughs> <laughs> anyway it's the show uh, yeah yeah uh, check us out do, next week do the heist you son of a bitch i'm in <laughs> <laughs> that again Oh, still funny. <laughs> still funny. Uh, <laughs>